Welcome into a Wednesday, October 12th edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Only coming at you one time this week uh, before I head out on leave and just heap this on Steve Buchanan's back after I carried the podcast for six months during the NFL offseason. But we're going to get one more podcast in here. Julian Edlow, uh, Steve Buchanan, your two hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Julian Edlow, at SBuchanan24. The podcast on Twitter, at Unreasonable Odd, no S. Uh, Steve, how are we doing? Um, not great because of baseball, which we'll talk about in a little bit, where we can talk about winners and losers from last week, and that, that, will, that will bring out my spirits. Okay, yes, nice tease. Uh, Steve and I are going to rip through some winners and losers in the NFL. We are going to preview the NFL Week 6 board. Steve and I are going to talk a little bit of MLB postseason uh, before we get out of here, which, you know, we'll get Steve out of here on a low note. Uh, and then I'll have a guest joining me, uh, Corby Craig from Keep Betting. We'll come on. We're going to talk some college football to round the show out. Steve, Week 5, winners and losers. So we will start positive we will start with the winners uh go ahead what did you win in nfl week five well it was a line that you know i was a little worried about because it felt a little maybe trappy but it didn't end up being trappy at all the 49ers absolutely trounced the carolina panthers closed it at minus six and a half never understood the 49ers are so much of so much of a better team than the panthers i think there are 31 other teams in the nfl that are better than the panthers at this rate (laughs) And it cost Matt Rule his job. Finally. The guy looks like a stand-up comedian. And now he finally has enough time to go and do that. Although he is going to be paid handsomely for the next, what, six years? Whatever, five years what left on 800 and something K a month. To do nothing. Woo! To do nothing. I mean, that's, I, that's a deal that I need to figure out how to get here at DraftKings. Like, do I have to do Agreed. a really bad job? You know? I need, to, I need to work out the language of my contract. Nonetheless, um was never in danger of not covering the 49ers just absolutely ran over this Panthers defense. 37, 15 was the final score in that one. I, 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 I don't know why this never reached a higher total on the spread because six and a half just felt too generous and it just, everything just went as it should, which has not happened much this season, but that was probably one of the easiest sweat free bets that I've had this season. Yeah, that's one of those ones where you're just like, all right, why why didn't I bet more here? And it just goes yeah. your way, cover to cover, wire to wire, um, which gets into my winners and losers. Bo- uh, both of my um, bigger winners had to do with the Niners. I had them in the money line parlay. They got there easily on the money line. I should have just laid some points too. Now, I will point this out. Considered teasing – the Chiefs and Niners, which would have been Niners to a pick and KC minus one at minus 120. That would have been a loser on a push on DK Sportsbook because the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football by one point. So as I put out in my article and on our Sunday show, The Sweat, let's make this a money line parlay, Niners and Chiefs at minus 122. That two cents of juice extra on a one and a half unit play that I put out got us the win versus loss. So... Just something to pay attention to. Rarely does it actually yeah. come into play, but when you talk about it and it does, it's just one of those little reminders when you're making these six-point teasers with the favorites, go ahead and look at your other options because sometimes there's a better way to bet it, and that was a better way to bet it, and it saved us a win 
thankfully I'm talking about it in this winner's segment rather than if I had to talk about it in a loser's segment because the Chiefs won by one, I would be absolutely furious. Um, other big winner uh, from my article play, and I gave it out on, on Thursday's podcast when we had Chris Raybon from Action Network on, Jeff Wilson over 67 and a half rushing yards was my other big yep. bet. Um, he had gone over it three weeks in a row and went into a matchup with the Panthers, Panthers where he should just run all over him, and he did run all over him. Uh, so those two just went as expected for me. Um, any other winners, Steve? Yeah, so obviously uh, I've been on the Eagles, you know, almost all season long. Um, Use yep. them in that teaser there going up against um, the Cardinals, which was a lot closer game um, than I think maybe some of us expected there. But teasing them, you got them down just to win, ended up closing at minus six. Um, some some places did have five and a half, but you got them at six here. So just get them to win. Uh, they did pull out the win there, a bet being 20 to 17, but a win is a win. Had that with the Niners, because again, just getting them to win, basically getting down a half a point. So that was a winner too as well. Um, profitable week five for me, which has not been the case for the first couple of weeks of the season. So nice to get uh, uh, some nice pure profit on week five here, but that was a good one there too. Um, I will say I was a little disappointed in the Phillies, uh, excuse me, the Eagles overall in that game. Um, I thought they were going to go over Arizona a lot easier than they did, but nonetheless, a win is a win. Yeah, you're going to hit some speed bumps along the way if you're the Eagles and win some ugly games that you don't cover on the road like you did against the Lions, but that's fine. Um, I actually did have Eagles first half minus three. I didn't put it out as a play because it was three and a half by the time I got around to it. Um, Eagles have been a really good look on the first half, and the Cardinals an awful look on the first half. That one got there uh, by a point. Um losers everything in my uh, everything in my article hit i only put the that parlay and the jeff wilson out but of course on sunday morning i had to add more on twitter the first half under in london loser the first half under in bears vikings loser and uh damian harris rushing yards ramondre stevenson goes for over a buck 60 against the lions the play was 100 there Harris hamstring going to miss multiple games goes out in that one. That's the reason that one was a loser. That was my, by far my most frustrating loss of the week. One of the more frustrating losses of the season, given what Stevenson did in that game. Uh, any losers that you would like to reveal for week five, Steve? Yeah. You know, actually, at least from a DFS perspective, Damian Harris was one of the guys I was most overweight on uh, choosing between trying to choose between him and Stevenson in that game against the Lions. So that was a personal loss. Uh, on, mm -hmm. on my play there, but to be totally honest, I did not play a lot in week five. Uh, I was not crazy about the board last week. I really just kind of stuck to those two plays there. So I uh, hate to say that it was a two and oh weekend for me in that one there, but my, my play was pretty light on, on week five. And I think honestly, a lot of it has gone through um, j just how brutal the first four weeks have been. So uh, I definitely was kind of limiting my action in week five. I have a feeling that that's also going to be the case here in week six, if you look at this board, but that's kind of where I was at with week two, uh, week five. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's get on to the week six board. Absolutely disgusting. I don't know if or what I'm, I'm going to bet. Um, let's start with Sunday. Maybe we can close out quick with some thir uh, Thursday night thoughts. <clears throat> 1 p.m. window. Uh, Pats two and a half point underdogs at the Browns. I don't at three. Maybe I like the Patriots. At two and a half, I like the Browns. So that means it's not really a game you can you can bet. I, not many thoughts here, Steve. The Patriots blew the Browns out uh, in Foxborough last year. Any thoughts on this game? 
the Browns are just so good on the ground, and that's kind of really where it, yep. it, it worries me with with Chubb and, and, and with Hunt. Uh, that's really where the worry comes from me here because they can really stretch how much time that the Patriots are on the field by just pounding on that run game there. Uh, I, I do lean at them at minus two and a half here. Obviously, Zappi is expected to um, make the start here once again, so I don't mind taking the them at minus two and a half at this spot here, but they're just so good on the ground, and I, I don't think the Patriots' off, excuse me, defense is, is prepared to stop that there. Um, whereas there's, I, I still can't figure out this Patriots' offense what they want to do. The um, Stevenson had a great game there, obviously last week once Damian Harris was out, but I think this is obviously a much tougher run defense than they faced last week against Detroit. So I probably am leaning with Cleveland in this spot. All right. Um... No, no real thoughts for me on that one. Although I do want to take a look uh, at what Stevenson's uh, rushing prop comes out at. Is that out? I don't think it is. Nope, no, I don't we think haven't it's even gotten yet, there. No. So, yeah, I, that's one that I'll maybe take a, a look at. Um, all right, Bucks laying eight on the road at the Steelers. I'll say, if I do get around to teasing anything, I'm interested in getting the Bucks down to two. I guess here at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett just isn't going to hang around in these games. Pittsburgh with anybody. They're, they're just not a good team this year. And Tom uh, Tomlin, I don't think, is even coaching that well. Najee Harris, one of their best offensive weapons, seems dinged up. Um, I, I just don't see what the Steelers, even at home. You go to Buffalo, you get blown out. Last time you were at home, you let the Jets kind of come back and, and get you. Uh, you know, Brady has some ground to make up after the back-to-back losses bounce back against the Falcons, but the Falcons almost got there without the ridiculous roughing the passer call. So Tampa needs to sharpen up. And I think this is a spot they will go on to win this game. So not a hot take, but at least something from me, I guess on a week where I don't know if you're going to get anything from me. Uh, I don't mind the bucks if they're in a money line parlay or a, or a teaser. Yeah, I thought the bucks actually played some of their better defense uh, last week against the Falcons and they have, all season long, like obviously you brought up that roughing the passer, which was just total BS. Uh, nobody's going to dispute that there, but uh, I thought defensively they took a nice step forward than what we saw over the past few weeks of the season. Um, you know, eight's kind of a tough line here. I'm, I'm not taking that. I do like them putting them in a tease and obviously get them down uh, to minus two. That would be the play for me if I was going to take anything in this game here. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Putting the Bucks in a money line parlay, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, not crazy at taking them at minus eight. Just uh, not crazy about that line there. Will the other teaser leg that you put them with be the Green Bay Packers returning home from London? So a tough travel week, but they're back to Lambeau. They're coming off an awful loss to the Giants. Now they get uh, another above 500 team somehow from New York in the Jets. Seven point dogs at Lambeau. The Jets can't keep winning games. They uh, they. Pull a no, rabbit out of stop. a hat against, huh? They got to stop. They need to stop that, winning. Yeah, I mean, we're in the same boat here with under six wins. Uh, they pull a rabbit out of the hat against the Browns. They The Steelers throw an interception in field goal range and let Wilson drive down the field to, to polish that game off. Then, right out of the gates, Teddy Bridgewater injured. Uh, they face a seventh-round rookie uh, against Miami. What was it? Which was a game. I mean, the final score doesn't necessarily reflect how close of a game that was. I don't see how they win at Lambeau, but the Packers, Packers, need to bounce back too. Kind of a gotta have it spot. 
thoughts on this one is this is this a piece for you because so far I've I've stayed away I have trust issues with the Packers and I just hate what the Jets keep doing but it feels like this should normally be a piece that we're saying yes to I mean not only that the the Jets are three and two ATS and they're covering by almost an average of five points per game it's kind of scary at this point what they're what they've been able to do whereas the Packers are two and three against the spread so far this season so uh this would be the second teaser leg for me but I can't trust the Packers to to cover seven. And it, that's amazing to think about because I do you know what the look look ahead line was for this? Because I I feel like it had to, it, it was a lot bigger than seven. Do you have any yeah, idea? Yeah, I want to say nine or ten, but I, I don't yeah. actually know off the top of my head. And that's so that's kind of that's kind of scary to think about that the Packers have come down potentially two and a half, three points uh, coming into this game against the Jets, who, you know, when you're looking at this schedule, that's an automatic win for the Packers. Right. It's just another week. That's fine that we, we back the Packers. But this has not been that team thus far. And they've they've had real, two bad weeks, really, when it comes down to it. It was week one when they lost that first game and everyone's like, oh, this offense sucks. And our Packers going to be terrible this year. Came back in week two, just like they did last year. Looked fine. And then they kind of lose that shocker to the Giants in London. And now we're now we're in a position where because of that, we're looking at a game where normally it would be like, what's the first play on the board you're going to take? I'm going to take Packers minus six and a half, minus seven. Totally. But now it's like, "Mm, I don't know anymore. So, you know, does this present an opportunity to kind of buy low on the Packers? Potentially. But if I'm going to buy low, I'll tease them down to minus one and basically just take them to win because I think they should win this game. But that's kind of where it's at right now, and that that's what makes it really tough. And I think that's one of the reasons why this board overall is just tough because I think it's there's a lot of teams that you're kind of on the fence about, and maybe you wouldn't have felt that way a few weeks ago. Um, all right, we can speed it up through some of these others because I, I'm literally takeless. Niners minus five and a half in Atlanta. Atlanta keeps covering um, another East Coast road game in the NFC South for the Niners after they destroy the Panthers. I don't think that'll be the case here. The Niners are going to hit some speed bumps eventually. This could be one of them. I don't think they get upset, but I, I can't touch the five and a half either way. Uh, I, I don't mind the five and a half because I think this is another another game where the Niners kind of roll. Uh, I mean, Marcus Mariota is just doing nothing for this team, right? I mean, what really has come down to is that other teams are just not uh, putting up the points that I think we expected them to put up against the Falcons. Because if you remember last year, the Falcons had literally one of the worst secondaries in the league last year. Like this was a team that if you yep. were you know playing daily fantasy, this is a team that you were going up against. Um, Kyle Pitts has been nothing nothing to note this season. I know he, he missed last week due to injury, but like he has been such a non-factor in this offense where if you look at the, you know, this, this lineup from top to bottom, they, sh- he should be the, the number one receiving option. So, you know, that has been, I think another thing for the Falcons as well, but I mean, Mariota is hardly even averaging over 180 passing yards per game. Now he's going up against this 49ers defense. It's going to be another game like that again. And the, and the Falcons are, short of running back. And this is a very strong run defense to begin with. So I, I have no issues with taking the Niners at minus five and a half. I think that's, that's totally fine. If it gets up to six, you know, there's another teaser lake for you too, as well. So um, I think I have, I have no issues with the Niners in this one. I definitely feel stronger about this game than you. A lot of road favorites uh, yeah. to round out that one o'clock window, a lot of road favorites in general in that early window one is the vikings who were laying three and then we got confirmation that miami's going to be starting the seventh round rookie 
Once yeah. again, this one's at home against Minnesota. It ticks up to three and a half. Man, I I want to take Minnesota, but I on the road in Miami is a spot that's tough for me to trust them. So again, I I I feel like I got nothing on this game, but it would be Minnesota or pass for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be looking to take the Dolphins in this one. Obviously, we haven't seen enough from the from the kid. I don't think anybody has seen anything from this kid, Dolphins included. Um, figure where he was drafted and then where he was on the on the depth chart here. This is probably just a pass yep. for me. Um, with so many games on the board, I don't have to force anything in this one. So I think this is just an easy pass. Although I will say that um, I was leaning Minnesota originally before the news came out, even if it was Teddy Bridgewater. But now that it's moving up a little bit, I, that's just a pass. All right. Uh, the Ravens squeak one out on Sunday night football. Win, don't cover on a Justin Tucker game winner. Um, now they will go to new, uh, to the giants, uh, who are five point home underdogs off the London upset of the Packers. This is a bad spot for the, for an overrated giants team. In my opinion, Baltimore should win this game. It's one of those in between numbers at five, um, which I think it's there because of how good the Giants have been. I think normally this would be a six and a half type of teaser leg for for Baltimore, but again, big road favorite against a team that's looked really good. Uh, so, Baltimore or pass for me. Like this could be, you know, a Tampa Baltimore money line parlay rather than tease. One's at eight, one's at five. I think that should get there. I think that the Giants should regress and Baltimore is going to start to kind of run away with this AFC North division, but again, not comfortable enough to have, to have done that yet. No. And uh, you know, the, the situation I think helps Lamar Jackson, the, the jets are, uh, excuse me, the giants are a team that like to blitz the quarterback a lot. Well, who's one of the better quarterbacks against the blitz Lamar Jackson. So it almost kind of plays into his strength when, you know, he's under that type of pressure, pressure or whatnot. So um, this is a, a fine spot for, for the Ravens. And I, I agree with you totally. I think the Raven, uh, the, the giants are so overrated at this point. Um, you know, they've gotten some, both New York teams have just gotten some, some nice wins. I mean, to be fair, I mean, let's just be honest. Like they've gotten some nice wins, um, yep. but they weren't these wins that are sustainable. It's not like, you know, it's kind of like these coin flip wins where at some point the coin is going to flip and the, it's going to go on to the other side. I also, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Ravens have only been behind the season for like a handful of minutes. It's either tied or they've been ahead. It's only been like a few um, minutes in the entire season. Yeah, I saw that stat floating around. I think it was somebody missed a chunk that they were down for like five minutes in New England. And then the Bengals game, you know, they had some leads, early leads in the first half for like the majority of the first half. So I think that started to even out. Um, but yeah, towards the beginning of the year, they struggled to lead games. But nonetheless, like this is a great opportunity to buy low because like you mentioned again, you know, I'd love to know what the look ahead line was for this one. Like, would you be? Would you have been surprised if this was like nine or above? Because I wouldn't if, on the look ahead line for this game. Like, so if you're getting this, I don't. It wasn't five, there. It wasn't there. But maybe six, six and a half is what I would think. But either either way, I, I think this is just a good spot for for uh, taking the 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 Ravens at this one. I don't, I don't think they lose this game, and they should cover this one too as well. Bengals two point favorites in New Orleans. Uh, Bengals coming off a loss. Saints lose a close one, but cover in London. They come home. They beat the Seahawks in a shootout. Now they host the Bengals. Uh, 
God, I, it, I want to say figure it's a, either team out. I can't figure either team out. That's the issue. I want to say it's a Bengals bounce back spot, but I don't trust them this year. And I really just don't know what the saints are. So nothing. I, I don't trust either side. I can't. And you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big Joey B guy and I'm always going to back, back my smooth looking dude anytime I can. But I just, I, I can't figure this team out either side. Like the amount of injuries that the Saints are dealing with and yet Taysom Hill goes out and has like this historic game. And it's like, they can, they just pull these players out of their ass and then, then they start producing in these big spots, really. You know what I mean? So it's just, I, I can't figure out New Orleans and I can't figure out the Bengals because the Bengals should be such a better team than they've looked so far. Like they, they're coming in like Super Bowl hangover, fine, whatever, but They've just looked flat out bad, really. Other than, aside from Mixon, like Jamar Chase is not putting up the numbers you'd expect. T. Higgins, I think he's being he has a an ankle injury right now too as well. It's just there's too much in this game. This is an easy pass for me. I have no interest in this game at all. All right, we know the ja- uh, the Colts always struggle in Jacksonville. They've lost seven in a row there. They got shut out twenty four to nothing in week two. Now the game is in Indy, where the Jags have lost eight of their last nine trips. Huge one for the division now. I would like the Colts more if Jacksonville actually beat Houston last week, but that loss to Houston now keeps the division wide open. Um, and Tennessee, I think, on by right. So huge game in the AFC South. I think the Colts win this one at home. I may bet it. I'm very invested in them in the division already, so I may leave it alone. But this one's definitely Colts for me, one way or another. Yeah, it's Colts for me. Uh, Taylor not at practice this morning, so have to kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, they also lost one of their receivers. This uh, went on IR. He's done for the season now too, as well. But again, this is a. Uh, it's so crappy as we keep saying this. This is a pass for me because. I don't, I don't, I don't want to trust either side. If I had a lean in this game, um, I would potentially look at teasing up the Jaguars to eight because I think what, you know, especially if there's yep. no Taylor in this one too as well. Um, so maybe I would take that sooner rather than later, but it's just Matt Ryan has just been, looked so incredibly bad between the turnovers, uh, the pressure, the interceptions. It's just been, you know, they probably, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. They probably might've been better off with Carson Wentz for being totally honest with how we've seen from Matt Ryan so far. But uh, I think I'm, te- I think I would consider teasing up the Jags to eight in this one. And that's been the only play I would have here. All right. Panthers at Rams. Let me tell you what I'm going to do with this one. This one's going to be a popular survivor pick this week. I can't bet on the Rams. I sure as hell can't bet on the Panthers. I think the Rams are really bad, but I'm hoping that they blow the Panthers out here because then they go on by. And when they come back from by, they get the Bucks and the Niners, two teams with great defenses, great pass rushes that should be able to beat them handily. So I want the Rams to beat down the Panthers so that I can take the Bucks and the Niners in those matchups in the future against the Rams. I'm looking ahead. That's how I feel. This Rams team, bad offensive line. I, I think they're a really bad team. They're going to miss the playoffs. Stafford is the uh, the fourth most pressured quarterback in the league right now. He's been pressured on 75, uh, 75 of his dropbacks uh, so far this season. It's been bad. It's been brutal. He he cannot get time in the pocket to, to pass at this point. And quite frankly, the Panthers might be rolling out their best quarterback on the team this week. They might DJ be Walker. <clears throat> they really might be. Like I'm not I'm not even joking at this point because Baker Mayfield has not. been absolutely atro- yeah Baker Mayfield's been absolutely atrocious. Uh, Sam Donald's still I guess weeks away from coming off the IR. So it's 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 Walker at this point. But you know. They're going to really struggle to get stuff going to get anything going on the ground with McCaffrey against this Rams D line. 
So if you're not going to get anything going on the ground, where are you really going to beat the Rams? And that's kind of where I'm at here. Don't love the line though at 10 and a half. I can't lay 10 and a half with the Rams right now. I, I like, I, I'm, I was seriously trying to think of what line would I become? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, what line would you be comfortable taking the Rams at? No teasing or anything, but there's a line there that you would go, okay, I'm comfortable taking the Rams. Where are you at? It would probably be nine and a half. I'd be willing to go nine and a half probably. Really? I don't like the Rams at all. I just yeah. think this is a spot, like the Cowboys were supposed to be a spot they show up at home. Now they're at home again against this Panthers team. Like they're going to show up in this game and look a lot better because it's the Panthers and then they're going to go on by and then I think you fade, fade, fade the Rams. See, I was honestly going to say nothing more than a touchdown is where I would feel comfortable at, at back in the Rams. That's just that's just kind of where I'm at right now, even with PJ right, Walker and the Panthers. So, so would you take an alternate line with it? Would that would you be interested in that? No, no alts for me. Okay, just curious because you can get <laughs> uh, see because you can get them at nine at minus one thirty five. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not doing anything like that. Um, again, I'm trying to stay off them and then wait and yeah. fade them in the future, most likely. Yep. Um, all right. Cardinals at Seahawks. Seahawks, 31st ranked defense in terms of points per game allowed. 7th ranked offense in terms of points allowed. But that comes off of all these like 80-point games that they just had indoors on the road against Saints and Lions. Um, now they're at home against the Cardinals, who have been pretty tame offensively, coming off a low-scoring game against the Eagles. Total sits 50-and-a-half. I kind of lean over here, uh, but game is outdoors in Seattle, and... Um, it opened 47, so it's ticked up a lot. It touched 51. It's back down. I would lean over here, but nothing in this game for me. Oh, I'm taking Seahawks. Yep. Okay. I mean, I'm I don't like the, the Cardinals very much, but I'm terrified I, of the Seahawks defense. I hate the Seahawks. I, I hate the Cardinals that much. I really do. I think this team is a, is a joke. Like, I know Matt Rule was, was the most likely first coach to be fired. Cliff should be next. Cliff should okay. be next. I, All right. Th- th- this this team is just an atrocity, and to think that we're here in week six, the Seahawks, Sands, Russell Wilson, are only two only two and a half point underdogs to the Cardinals, is blasphemous. But I want to take all of it. I really do. I would all say right. if there's one one of my favorite plays on the board, it, it might be Seahawks two and a half. All right. Well, we'll see if that comes into play in best bets in a minute. Um, there actually is a good football game this week, and it's in Kansas City, where, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is a home underdog for the first time in his NFL career. Mahomes is an underdog, 7-0-1 against the spread. He's never lost your money. Touched three. As we record, you're getting plus two and a half with the Chiefs hosting the Bills, who will be out for revenge for that playoff game that they lost in overtime. Josh Allen doesn't even get to touch the ball in an insane shootout. We saw like 10 touchdowns in the last minute of the game, it felt like. Um, If you give me a field goal with the Chiefs, I'll take it. I'll take the plus three. Uh, But again, this is a fantastic game, but not one that I feel that comfortable betting. Coin flip game, which is why I would take the plus three. Total coin flip game. Uh, I'm with you here. And maybe it's just because we just watched the Chiefs do what they did the other night against the Raiders. But it's like, at what point do you just always take the Chiefs in an underdog situation, whether it's live betting, whether it's before the game, pregame here at two and a half? Like, I would be terrified. By the way, when the, the, the respect that the Chiefs get, the, the Chiefs went down 
14 to nothing on Monday night football yeah. in the first quarter. They they were plus 120 on the money line. I okay, I I I do remember seeing that. And I remember seeing that and I'm going, "That's it?" Big That's respect. It? That's all. <laughs> like, because they know teams? what's going to happen and guess what? It yeah. happened. It did happen. It did happen. Um so yeah. I I I can't I can't back the Bills. Cuz here here here's the scenario I I I always run through my head in, in these type of games. If there is one play left or one drive left for each team and it's between Allen and Mahomes, who's going to win you the game? I'm taking Mahomes every time. I'm absolutely taking Mahomes every time. I think either Josh Allen is a close, close. Josh Allen is a close second, but I take Mahomes each time just because he, he he's an, he's just an, he's an absolute magician. It's, it's truly what it feels like. So in a rare opportunity that you're going to get the chiefs as home underdogs, Got to do it. Got to do it. And honestly, this is one of those bets that if I lose, I can't even be upset. Whatever. Right. I lost to Josh Allen. Fine. You know, this is not yep. like, oh, I lost I lost to Derek Carr or I lost to Carson Wentz. Like, no, you're not going to be that upset. If I lose to Josh Allen, well, the, the bet is the right play by taking the Chiefs. Sunday night football, Dallas Cowboys, six-point underdogs at the 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, maybe the Eagles are a money line parlay or teaser piece. I think that they should win this game. Cooper Rush can't stay undefeated uh, straight up and ATS forever. Uh, but the Cowboys are pretty good. And what scares me is the Eagles are dinged up on the offensive line and the Cowboys have a heck of a pass rush. Uh, so that could play a factor. Yep. But again... This is kind of like Lamar Jackson, mobile quarterback in Hurts that can make you pay if he gets outside of the pocket. So I think the Eagles win the game. I'm not going to lay the six. This would be if I do put a teaser out, like Bucks eagles something like that, um, I could see. But, yeah, again, I, I feel awful because I have such terrible takes on the week that I am about to take off for a while. But I, right. I'm not going to start forcing NFL plays with the, the way this season has been. So just giving it to you how it is. No, straight up, this is a very, very tough week. And, like, you know, if, if there's another podcast out there that's given these in-depth takes on this week, then, then bless them, truly. I'll give it to you straight up. This week stinks in terms of betting. But also, too, like, when you bring up that, you know, the, the Cowboys have been a great pass-rushing team, and they, they have been. I mean, we've seen it numerous times. When you consider the opponents that they've had this week. Exactly. Uh, this Carson season, Wentz too. getting sacked a bazillion times plays into that. Right. Right. Carson Wentz. Tom Brady, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, some of those guys can run Daniel Jones, obviously, but the pressure has just been so tough that it's like, to be fair too, and then, and throw Stafford into the mix. They have faced a lot of non-mobile quarterbacks. So what, how good does that pass rush look when they're going up against Jalen Hurts or if they're going up against Lamar Jackson, like if anything, that could actually play into their strength because these guys are so efficient on the ground. So um, while that has to be a factor that can't be ignored by any means, because believe me, I'm not going to discount that Cowboys pass rush because it's been phenomenal, but going up against Jalen Hurts, how effective or how, how much of a factor will that be in this game? So um, I will say that the, the Cooper rush thing kind of does scare me a little bit. It, it, it is a little bit nerve wracking how good he's been. He's decent. Replacing Dak. He's uh, yeah. Correct. Thank you for putting me, bringing me back down. He hasn't been a phenomenal but he's been more than good enough, at least from a betting perspective for the Cowboys so far, because he's undefeated since he's taken over, correct? ATS and straight up. Yep. 4-0 this year, 1-0 last year. Cooper Rush's NFL career is 5-0 straight up, 5-0 ATS. 
but at six, uh, that's fine. I, 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 I like the Eagles at six and just need to get them to win. And it's easy. All right. Please don't talk to me for longer than 30 seconds about either of these primetime games. Um, my only thought on Monday Night Football, Broncos at Chargers, is I cannot believe that we have to watch the Broncos on primetime yeah. again. There should be a way to get rid of this when we want to. Everybody thinks we're going to want to watch the Russell Wilson show, um, and no. Uh, Chargers four one against the spread. That's good enough. Okay, um, Thursday <laughs> Night Football. Maybe makes you want to bleed out of your eyes more than Monday Night Football. The Washington Commanders against the Chicago Bears. Pick them game. Total down to 38. It's touched 37 and a half, I believe. One of, again, not many bets. One of my favorite bets. And again, I'm taking all teaser pieces. I'm saying like, oh, Eagles, Ravens, Bucks. One of my favorite straight up bets, if you made me bet one, and I don't even know if I will, I would take Washington to win this game. Primetime unders are 11 and 5 this season. Style okay, good thoughts. And, Here's and what... I will say, I, I, I'm not watching this game. I, I truly am not watching this good. game. Good. Not doing it. Not yeah, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have Corby Craig from Keep Betting uh, on the show a little later. I'm going to have Baylor and West Virginia on the main screen on Thursday night and this NFL Perfect. game on, on the side screen, no sound. So college football coming up, but before we get there, we're going to get a little bit of a MLB rant from Steve and dish out some best bets real quick. Um Steve, the Mariners were in complete control of game one of the division series. They absolutely rocked Justin Verlander, who I do want to know real quick, because he had some of his hardest hit balls of the season. He got absolutely clobbered. Did he just, before we even get to this, just yes or no in 10 seconds, did he just have a bad day or does he have a dead arm? Is something wrong and he's going to get rocked again? Because he generally bounces back really well from these. I think he had a bad game. I think he had, I think that was one of those, like, you give him 10 games, he has one bad game, they got the bad game. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, so complete control. Houston stages a little bit of a comeback, but they're not going to come all the way back. Get a couple men on base down two in the bottom of the ninth. Mr. Robbie Ray, who pitched three innings and gave up four runs in an elimination game in Toronto on Saturday, comes in to close left on left. I haven't even looked at his splits against Jordan Alvarez. They must be amazing to bring him in in this situation. Um, Robbie Ray just serves up some meatballs down the pipe and Jordan Alvarez hits one to the moon. To the moon. Oh, Samir's got to hit the bleep button. Good. He's going to have to do it a lot because I, 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 I warned him. I said, listen, I know that we're a family friendly podcast. It's not going to be a family friendly segment. That was the stupidest move that they could make. Truly. Robbie Ray has made like four relief appearances in his career. He just got tattooed by the Blue Jays. Okay? You bring him in, and this should have been the plan. Who's laughing at me? I heard someone laughing in the background. Okay. Somebody was laughing in the background on your end. Yeah, they heard. They heard me talking about Robbie Ray. Here's the the conundrum that I had to deal with. Robbie Ray won me a lot of money last year. A lot of money last year. And he just lost me a lot of money. Yesterday, <laughs> specifically, I feel like we're evened out now. But here's the here's what I don't get. Jordan Alvarez against fastballs down the middle of the plate, which is basically what he got, is hitting 409. 409 with making contact down the middle of the plate. If you just threw him some sliders low and away outside the zone, he's hitting 111. 
one, one, one. Robbie Ray comes out there. Oh, so happy to be here. Used to know everybody. Throws this meatball of a pitch, and he hit it to the moon. It was in like the fifth deck. I don't even know if they have five decks. That's where I think it landed. How can you do that? That was such a bonehead move. You have one of the best bullpens in the league. One of the best bullpens in the league. And you bring in the left on left. Alvarez smashes lefties. It was an atrocity. It was a tragedy. It was like watching some Broadway play. I was trying to think of a Broadway play. Beethoven? No, Beethoven? I don't know. Is that a play? No, that's a, that's a composer. I don't know. Hamlet! Hamlet! It was a, it was a tragic performance of Hamlet-esque proportions. And now, truly, they might not win the series because of that. They really might not win the series because of that. You can't hit Verlander for six runs on four in four innings and let that game go. You cannot let that game go. They let that game go. Yep, I'm on Houston minus 110 double result to win game one in the Stupid. series. Play stays alive. Thank you very much, Jordan Alvarez. Um, Given Samir plenty of extra work bleeping out Good. this entire segment. Uh, thank you for your spiel, Steve. Uh, go Strohs. So, uh, time to give time to give best bets. Steve, you can go first. For football or baseball? Nobody said they have to be for anything. Okay. Um, I'm going Seattle plus two and a half against Cardinals. I really think that this is a, a solid, solid. Is this start. a correlated play to your love of the Mariners? No, because the Seahawks <laughs> are, are, are not a team that I love. You might, but you should just move to Seattle. I might have to Seattle. Plus two and a half, plus two and a half, um, for the Seahawks going against the Cardinals. I, I just, I really like this play here. And there's a couple trends that I was going to throw out here that I think really kind of coincide with this and give this a nice little touch here. But Cliff Kingsbury, as a favorite, is 8-14 and 14 against the spread. And then Kingsbury, as a divisional favorite, 1-3 against the spread. Just love this spot here. Cliff Kingsbury is a lost puppy at this point. Don't, don't know what's going on with this team, but I'll give an extra bet. If you can bet on the second coach to be fired in the NFL, it's Cliff Kingsbury. Give me Seattle, plus 2.5. All right, as I said, this doesn't have to be NFL. Passing on the NFL, and I'm going to the NBA. I, if you're reading my articles, I'm already on I'm already on New Orleans Pelicans over 44.5 wins. I'm taking the alt over 48.5 wins at plus 200. But I'm not going to give a best bet that's an NBA future. I'm going to give you one that cashes next week, Wednesday night, October 19th. The New Orleans Pelicans are plus four in Brooklyn against the Nets. Pelicans plus four, Pelicans plus 155 money line on Wednesday night. That is my best bet. You'll cash it by the time you hear from Steve on the podcast next week. I was going to say, like, you're not even here by the time that. I'm not here, but it's my best bet. You can still grade it for me. <laughs> I'll grade it all right. Yeah, great. It's going to be a winner. Okay. If you say so. Thank you, Steve. Um, we're going to bring Corby Craig on now from Keep Betting. We're going to rip through the college football board, give about six, seven games out in uh, 10 minutes or so, and uh, conclude the podcast. 
All right, as promised, we're going to the college football card, uh, bringing in friend of the show, Corby Craig, from Keep Betting. We've done some March Madness in the past. I don't know if we've done any college football on the podcast or not, but if we haven't, we're going to start now. Corby, how you doing, dude? Can't complain. Excited for this weekend. Um, I'm an Alabama fan. To get Alabama, Tennessee, cannot be more happy about that one. That is exactly where I was going to start, sir, because it is clearly the game of the weekend, one of the games of the year. Um, you know, uh, I'm just curious, like all along, I've kind of said this is going to be a tough spot. It could be where Alabama trips up. We've seen the line touch 14 um, and above at times at look ahead. And now we're here. And as we record, Alabama sitting minus seven and a half on DK Sportsbook. Now we're here and I'm thinking there's no way Bryce Young doesn't play in this game. And everybody's down on Bama after what they saw last week against Texas A&M. And this is going to have to be a prove it spot for Tennessee, who looked great against LSU, who I do not think much of at all. I bet Tennessee in that game, maybe this is one of those spots where you buy low on Alabama if you can get that minus seven on the road. I think this could touch double digits when Young does officially get ruled in, which I'm expecting. Um I like just like the the SEC title game against Georgia where nobody was on Alabama. All the tickets on DK Sportsbook, I'm looking at the splits are on Tennessee. Suddenly nobody likes Alabama. If I'm getting 7, I'm I'm probably going to touch the short number here. What do you got on this game? Yeah, it was interesting. That is the first note I put. I didn't even know you were going to bring up the uh, Alabama Georgia game too. It seems like that's the last time and one of the only times I can think Saban has been like this public um perception of a fade and it, it is slightly ridiculous. I think that there's a perfect storm of Tennessee just beat the brakes off LSU. But if you watch that game, the early dictation of that game forced the game to be played completely different. Uh, Tennessee had a muff punt touch that brought in seven, then a kick return, almost a touchdown. So that's 14, nothing at the gate. And ten- and LSU was completely forced to play a completely different game. So I don't think that that game was as big of a difference as you would imagine. The uh, numbers would tell the same. Like if you take out the explosive plays, it's a pretty good game. And um, I think that, I had this 11. I think the seven would be ridiculous. Um, and at seven, I would definitely buy Alabama. And maybe that's just me loving, loving Saban, but I'm not doubting the guy. Like you saw what he did game two versus Georgia when people thought that there's no chance that Alabama beats that team. Yep, I'm with you. Any t- I wasn't planning on betting this game, but now we're in, that we're in the spot where nobody wants Alabama, then fine, give me Alabama. Um, well, I think you got one. Sorry, don't love you, but um, Bryce – almost positive will be playing. He didn't practice yesterday. He's going to play. I'm told that like he's he was playing. in, he was in full, he was in full pads out there uh, for the A&M game. He he's playing as far as I'm concerned. Um, all right. I think you got one in the, in the sec for us too, right? You want to fire away here? Yeah. Mississippi state, Kentucky. I think that this is, uh, it got bought down today, I believe. So you can get pretty good price on Mississippi state currently due bought, to the level. Yep. Bought down on Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this, just to give clarity. Wednesday, Levis News came announced and uh, bought down from six and a half, seven to, I believe, and get Mississippi State at four currently. Uh, I think that this is just a situation where if he's 90%, they're going to struggle. This Kentucky offensive line is not good enough to protect a quarterback who can't get out of the pocket. They just, they, I don't respect this offensive line any. And I, I think Mississippi State's too explosive for Kentucky to be able to keep up with. Um, all right, I will bring you to another big name school that I haven't bet yet, just like Alabama, but I'm considering betting. FSU is super sharp this week. Jordan Travis threw one of the dumbest interceptions that I've ever seen to lose that NC State game down a quarterback in Devin Leary. We'll get to that game a little bit later. Um, 
I don't know. I, Clemson minus three and a half or Clemson on the money line and you pair them with a big like 14, 17 point favorite in a money line parlay. I know they're dinged up on defense. I, I don't think FSU is that good. And I know they're at home and I know Clemson maybe trips up somewhere along the line, but I am strongly leaning Clemson here. And if I can get three or just money line parlay this with a huge safe favorite, I, I think I'm going to. Yeah, I bet Clemson at four. Uh, it's fell down to three and a half. So obviously I like that number. I would much rather have a three. I think that Florida State is getting too much love. Clemson is the only team, I saw this stat today, uh, the only team that's beaten two top 25 teams this year. Both of them were top 15. And so like we see, we have this expectation of Clemson that's similar to an Alabama. But like this is still a team who has beat high caliber teams. And though they're right. not playing to their ceiling, their potential, there's still a very good team who is highly in the talks for the playoffs. It's a Florida State team that struggled versus LSU. And in that game, LSU had a ton of locker room problems. And I'm just not buying Florida State. I mean, they didn't look great versus an NC State team who had, I'm not buying their offense very much, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, yeah, give me Clemson. I, I think that Clemson has to win this game. They're in a really peak spot in their schedule. I believe they have Florida State, what, Syracuse, Miami coming up with Louisville in between. And so, like, this is the time it's – it's focused up. It's grind time. Like if, if they're going to make the playoffs, it is now. And so it's a time to buy in on this idea that Clemson's not good, I, I believe. Yeah, I think they're a tier below Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, but probably clearly the fourth best team. And they're coming off a year that they were embarrassed. At, like this is Clemson's time to leave it like no doubt and just run the table, even though they're not going to play any SEC competition. I, I think this is a good short number on Clemson. I'm with you. Let's just get this one out of the way right now since we're already alluding to it. Syracuse now laying three and a half at home against NC State. This Syracuse team is just good. Can't ignore them. They're good. Um, Already over their four and a half win total. Hosting NC State. Leary not ruled out for the season, but he's not going to play in this game. And they have nothing behind him, unfortunately. So I would have liked to stay away from this game, but I am pretty heavy on NC State over eight and a half wins this season. It was one of my favorite bets, and now they're unfortunately in tough shape. So I think one of the spots that I'm going to have to almost call this a hedge is by betting Syracuse in this game and kind of as the season goes on and we see these spots for NC State, find some spots that I might need to fade them. But I, I think that this is 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 one of them, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, so... I, I know some guys, very sharp guys that I trust that are also on Syracuse. I think Syracuse is probably the side here, especially because NC State comes into, like if you take this game into like a vacuum and you play them both with a buy a neutral field, I think this is almost pick them. Except for the problem is that's not the case. NC State just played what? Uh, Florida State and then, I cannot remember, but they come in. They were at, they were at Clemson. Uh, they were at Clemson yeah, the Saturday night game before that. Big spot. Florida State, like they're coming into a very tough spot, and Syracuse, I believe, is off a of bye. So, like, this isn't a, a vacuum, and I think that the three, three and a half for Syracuse is probably the side here. I didn't bet it. Um, it's going to be a very good game, a very boring game, in my opinion. I still, though Syracuse has looked good, I'm, I'm not buying it. I bet Louisville against Syracuse back in the day and got absolutely smashed, um, but I'm not believing the Syracuse team as much as this number would, would insist. And so, I made this pick them. I'm not betting it, but if I had to gun to head, I'm taking Syracuse. So let me ask it to you this way real quick, because I know that you're you're a bankroll management guy. And, you know, that's obviously if you're going to be a capper, that's something you got to do. If I'm, you know, I'm heavy. I'm like four units on NC State. 
over eight and a half wins for the season. If you're me sitting with that ticket, what do you feel about, what are you thinking about this game? I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I really don't bet futures very like long futures in the sense of it becomes like the mathematics behind that are, are, it just becomes a really big headache. And so I think you're not, I do have a headache trying to figure out what to do now. I think think you have a a slight issue, but I, I don't think that you intend on fading it or like hedging off because um, like if you lose, then you're this is a double sided coin. Like Syracuse wins by one, you lose this bet. Your, your yep, I was gonna say, do I go a little money line? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of issues. Um, and I think that's just something you ride out. It's unfortunate, but it's part of you, you didn't take the season win expecting to have to hedge throughout. So I, I think that there's something that you trust your initial analysis when you took it and um, you ride it through. So I, I don't think that you take a bet strictly off the notion of hedging. If you think Syracuse is the side, then 100%. Like, don't even don't even consider a hedge. Consider it a Syracuse bet. Right. Um, okay, I think you put this one out on Twitter. Um, we got Buffalo going up against a not only dreadful UMass team, but a dreadful UMass team that has a lot of their best players dinged up. Um, I I saw you put this spot out. I looked at it quickly. I like it. Uh, go ahead and break it down for us. Yeah, so as a better, sometimes it's it's not the games that you want to watch that have value. It's the games that maybe just are getting overlooked, and this is one of those. Yep. I will not turn this game on for one second, I promise you. Uh, but talking to a beat writer for UMass this week, um, he confirmed the injury report that you can check. It's it's publicly available, but I don't think that it's getting enough like ideas or like eyes because it's UMass. Who cares? But in their injury report, if you look up UMass injury report, they're starting quarterback, running back, three receivers, two linemen, a fullback are all out. Like, And the beat writer agreed. He said, our offense is absolutely banged up. With that, I projected them at 14 points with all of those people there. So uh, I'm imagining, what, 14, 10-point game. And Buffalo, they got beat up by Weber State. After that, they've looked great. I think this is just momentum of two different ways. Like, the only win UMass has is versus an 0-5 Stony Brook team who is miserable. And so they scored 20 points, I believe. And so it's momentum of two completely different ways. And that injury report is just the nail in the coffin. I I took a 16 and a half. I like 17. I believe I made this 21, 20 and a half. And um, so I like Buffalo here. All right. uh, I'll take you to this Arkansas BYU game that is flipped from BYU minus three BYU. Now getting a point and a half at home against Arkansas news that KJ Jefferson is going to play. I still think this is a really hard spot for Arkansas. People think, oh, they can't lose four in a row. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're losing four in a row. You're If you're in an awful spot, you're in an awful spot. Um, they absolutely should have beat Texas A&M. I had a Arkansas money line ticket in that game that I wasn't happy about, but you lose that. You get smoked at home by Alabama. Then you go on, a ro- on the road for a tough SEC game. You lose to the Mississippi State team that you like this week. Now you got to go out to BYU, who's coming off the loss to Notre Dame. This is a BYU team that's veteran. 19 starters returned at the top of the season. Hall maybe a little dinged up, but in potentially a bounce back spot at home against a really bad Arkansas secondary. I think BYU is is going to win this game. I think they're the right side. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this was interesting, and it's uh, a point towards something I've noticed earlier this year is, is markets adjust really fast now. Like, I've seen on Monday mornings games getting hit three and a half, four points. I traditionally don't remember this in the years past, probably the last five years. It hasn't been this heavy. And I think it's it's interesting that 
the KJ Jefferson news opened up this line. I, I think what BYU was a two and a half, three point favorite, completely reversed to Arkansas one and a half. It was known KJ Jefferson was playing. Like last week, he was ready to right. go and just didn't play. So, like, I think that baked into the line of BYU at three was KJ playing. And so then when the news came out, the, the guys that are just like limits on Monday morning hit Arkansas, like KJ's playing, like we have to hit this game. And it was already put into the line. So I agree. I had BYU minus, I believe, 2.7. So I have them as a, as a favorite. And um, to get a point and a half, I, I completely agree here. Yeah, I liked BYU laying three, and I was shocked when that moved. Um, all right, let's get these last couple of games done in like a minute each because we're getting long on time. But you got one more game. Um, go ahead and give it to us. Yeah, it's another snoozer. That's apparently what I bet. But it's the Air Force. We don't under- care. We just like winners. Yeah. Air Force under 51 and a half is what I got. I believe you can get a 50 now. Uh, Air Force 131st in tempo. They like to run the ball. They like to be slow. That's what they do. Uh, 36 seconds per play, I believe. Uh, UNLV without QB1. They, when QB1 came out last week, they looked like an absolute mess. They scored seven points versus San Jose State. And in the time that the quarterback wasn't in, they, their tempo slowed down to about uh, the ranking of 121st in the nation. So you're talking two of the slowest offenses in the entire nation getting over a key of 49 and a half. I think anything at 49 and a half or above is plenty fine, uh, like the under there. All right, there we go. Uh, one last one for me. Another one of the potential games of the week, Utah's hosting USC. Uh, Utah coming off another loss to UCLA in the Pac-12 on the road. Now they're back home. USC, in my mind, has been just dancing around landmines all season. They could have lost that game, Saturday night game at Oregon State. I see this is a similar spot, except Utah can't blow this one. They need this game. I laid the three with Utah. I know USC has more talent. The turnover discrepancy they've had, they've had really fortunate luck. I just think this is where things turn for USC because they have to eventually and because Utah needs the game so bad. Yeah, I agree. I have a Caleb Williams Heisman and I bet Utah last week. Uh, So it's kind of contradicting, but I completely agree on this one. All right, there we go. Uh, That's a podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd, no S. You can follow uh, Corby on Twitter at KeepBettingCO. And you'll find all, you see it on the hat, you'll find all his work. Um, that is it for Unreasonable Odds. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, all uh, Apple, all over the place. Listen to the podcast. Have a good week, guys. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.